Welcome to the Entrepreneur Boardroom, a podcast dedicated to what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. No fluff, no BS, nothing's off the table. Strap in, it's going to be a fun ride. The Entrepreneur Boardroom podcast is brought to you by the Investor Boardroom, helping busy entrepreneurs invest in real estate without having to deal with tenants and toilets. Download their free ebook, The Rapid Millionaire Blueprint, How Time-Strapped Entrepreneurs Are Using Real Estate to Break Free at InvestorBoardroom.com forward slash freedom. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Entrepreneur Boardroom. This is Adam Balsinger, your host as always, and I am super excited today to have my main man, Jerome Lewis, on the show. Jerome, how are you today? I'm good, Adam. Good to hear from you. Good to be here. Good to hear from you too, man. So uh, before we jump into today's episode, guys and girls, listening in, do us a solid and give us a rating. Rate the show, uh, help us expand our reach, help us help more entrepreneurs along their journey going from employee to self-employed to entrepreneur. Uh, we are super passionate about helping entrepreneurs in the space. So help us out. Give us a review. What do you think, Jerome? I agree 100%. That yeah. social proof is valid. Get out there and rate a motherfucker. All right. So Jerome is the, he is a number one national bestselling author. Uh, he's the lead host of uh, RE Marketing Podcast, the author of two books, The Ultimate Video Marketing Guidebook for Real Estate Entrepreneurs and RE Marketing, uh, Real Estate Marketing. He's also the founder and CMO of Digital Real Estate Strategy, which is a tech and marketing agency that helps busy but serious real estate entrepreneurs implement structure and systemize their tech, lead gen, marketing, and biz systems. Jerome has helped over 5,000 real estate entrepreneurs from more than 40 states and four countries. I didn't know that about the four countries. That's pretty impressive, Jerome. He has shared stages with and worked with some of the real estate industry's uh, best national experts, including names ranging from Shark Tank's Kevin Harrington, uh, Vina Jones-Cox, Krista Mashore, Mark Halpern, Matt Faircloth, and the legendary Ron Legrand, and many more. If you've been a real estate investor for more than five minutes and don't know who Ron Legrand is, you're missing out. He's the OG. Uh, Jerome is a bold introvert, which I, I think most people listening are going to disagree with, Jerome. Uh, father and former IT professional. In 2021, Jerome uh, won EXP University's Instructor of the Year Award. Uh, he's also the host of the Real Estate Marketing and Social Media Mastermind, where he teaches real estate investors and agents tech and marketing implementation. Jerome, when do you sleep? When do I sleep? <laughs> Man, I look, so I, I actually, I, I value sleep a lot. So um, they, they say that we need six, eight hours of sleep, but I find, I found information that says that's not true and you only need about six hours. So I sleep. Normally, I sleep from about 12 a.m. to 6. Okay. Okay. Getting the six hours in. Six Who hours gets in eight hours? I, um, If we're being honest, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think regular people, per se, like maybe probably not entrepreneurs. I can't imagine. I don't, I, don't, I, you know, like, 
the whole eight hour thing is weird to me. Aren't don't we sleep in three hour cycles? That's probably why you you hear like you know the six hour thing. I, my understanding, and this episode is not about sleep cycles, but uh, <laughs> I heard it was three hours. The typical REM cycle is three hours, start to finish. So sometimes, like you wake up. And you wake up and you feel really refreshed and like you're ready to get out of bed. And other times you wake up and you feel like really, really groggy, right? The reason that you feel groggy is that you actually woke up in the middle of your REM sleep cycle. Um, So if you wake up at the end of your sleep cycle, boom, that's when you kind of wake up. And it's one of those days where you kind of hop out of bed feeling refreshed. Uh, But so it's interesting if they're three hour cycles, eight hours would put you literally right in the middle of your third REM cycle. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't know. I'm not an expert, but I do know that it is preached and it probably more so in the, um, I guess like normal nine to five space, they say get eight hours, but I, uh, like I said, I found information that says six is fine. So I'm like, okay, good. I used to feel guilty about like eight hours. I'm like, I, I don't really need eight hours. What's wrong with me? I'm not normal, but I was happy to find that six hour information. I heard four is okay. So there you go. Now you got new info, Jerome. I never heard that. I just made that up, by the way. Oh, <laughs> but I say you're trying to get me to do more work. When did totally, you totally made that shit up. Uh, so, Jerome, man, you have got a lot going on. Um, would you could you kind of unpack uh, the various things that you've got going on? I mean, if I'm a, if I'm just tuning in right and I don't know anything about you, I'm thinking, holy cow, this guy's got a lot happening. Yeah. So the best way to unpack it is. Uh, basically two businesses or, or maybe three, right? So uh, I'm a, I'm a real estate entrepreneur, right? And what that means is I I do some stuff in real estate and I work with people within a real estate space. So I have a marketing agency. So we do marketing for real estate people. I also have a real estate business. It's mostly wholesale where we, you know, that's where I got my claim to fame and became popular. And then I also do real estate events. So the best way to say, like, what do you do, Jerome, is to pack it up into those three things. Uh, real estate, uh, real, real estate business, right? The real estate wholesale business, the marketing agency, marketing for real estate entrepreneurs, and then the event thing. Like we put on educational events for uh, people that want to get involved in real estate and want to be um, real estate business owners. Awesome. Okay. Okay. Really, really cool. Um, you got popular? Uh, what does that mean? <laughs> no. You said that's where you gained your popularity. I was just, I was, oh, I tried. yeah. You, you so, talk too fast. I was about to jump, jump in and be like, I didn't know that you were popular. Jerome. I was just, yeah. So I didn't jobs. say popular. I said claim the fame, like that's how I became true. a national speaker and all of that stuff is uh, because I was wholesaling. I was virtually wholesaling and, uh, one of my mentors was like, what are you doing? How do you do it? And I was like, I just you know, use Facebook. And, sh- and she was like, well, why don't you come and do a sp- presentation for us uh, on our national, it was for like a national summit. And that's where things kicked off for me. So it's oh, in wow. a book. Cool. Yeah, you never know what what's going to happen uh, that's going to kind of get you that notoriety. So then, okay, so you're working in IT. Uh, former IT professional, and then you started wholesale. Like started wholesaling was wholesaling the first of those three businesses that you just mentioned. Yeah, so I was like, like you said, and we had this conversation on my pet podcast before. I was in an IT space uh, because it's like, oh, get an IT is a great job, which it was. It was a great job, but a job is a job. So um, 
you know, I was like young. I was like 19. I didn't have a dad, so I didn't have a lot of guidance. And I like women. So I started getting involved with women. And then I popped some kids out, popped those kids out and uh, separated with those women. And then uh, child support started to naturally kick my behind. So I'm like, what can I do? to uh, get out of this. This is very stressful. And I started researching like entrepreneurship, financial freedom. And I came across uh, like real estate investing being one of the top ways to reach financial freedom. And that's one of like, they typically say the best way to start is to get to go wholesaling. And that's not true. Uh, That's like maybe maybe the best way when you have no money and I just didn't have money. So I started there and I went out, uh, sought a mentor. You kind of know the mentor that I'm talking about. And I paid him for coaching and I picked up some wholesale, wholesale skills and those skills, I took those skills and applied them to my, applied them with my tech skills. And that's when I started to do like the virtual wholesaling. Okay. Um, so here you are plugging away in, in IT, you're nine to five, um, and we're getting killed by expenses. Mm-hmm. And so you're feeling some financial pain and you're thinking, this ain't going to cut it for the rest of my life. Yes. And so you just started doing some research to figure out how to put yourself in a better financial position. And yes. that kind of led you down the path of, learning more about entrepreneurship. And then that ultimately led you down the path to real estate wholesaling. Yes. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And who did you hire and had it? So like, this is, I think like a really, really interesting thing that we could probably spend like the whole episode on Jerome, if we really wanted to, there is such a, I guess, varying opinion or difference of opinion uh, from people when you talk about hiring a coach or hiring a mentor. So can you just walk us through that a little bit? Like, how did you know that was the right move? How did you find your mentor? Like, how, I'm assuming you didn't just find one and hire the first one that you found. Like, how did you go through that selection process? Um, can you walk us through that a little? Yeah. So like you said, we could spend a whole episode on this. And I saw your, like, like the uh, you made a post on social media. And I was like, uh, I'm not typing all of that. This is why, because like you said, a whole episode can go towards that. And I have my opinions about like coaching and mentorship too. And I understand both sides, but the bottom line is like my journey, I went on research and I was like, I was doing the research and I was like, all right, real estate, like how can I find a coach? And I went to Google and Google led to meetup. And I found this, uh, I'm not going to say names, but you know who the person is uh, because of our, um, because of your previous business partner. Mm-hmm. Right. You understand yep. what I'm talking about? Okay. Yep, yep. Right. So I went out and I, I, uh, the reason why I chose that coach was because I, it was like, I could afford it. I saw it. And shockingly, what you're saying is like, I know you didn't just pick the first guy. I, actually I did. Okay. I picked the first person because I was not dependent on the coach for me to succeed. There was accountability that I had for myself. And I was like, if this doesn't work, right, which probably was some ignorance, I was like, if this doesn't work, it's my fault. Mm -hmm. I have to be accountable. I have to do what this coach is telling me. If I don't do what the coach is telling me, that's my fault. I cannot blame the coach. So I did pick 
like I, I, I did pick the first coach that I saw. I don't think I saw anybody else. I just saw this one coach. I was like, you know what? I can afford that. And to be honest, I think it took me about two years to save up to afford that coach. The price his price was $3,000 and it took me like two years just to save up the $3,000 and get oh, wow. back to that coach. So that yeah. was my, that that's what the journey was like. I went through his program. I did. I was a little bit hard headed, a little bit stubborn, right? I didn't follow all the directions, but I picked up key skills that I could pull out and apply into my business, key skills, key mentalities and stuff like that. So, so you took two years of working and saving up before you were able to hire this person. Yes. Two years. And so a lot of people, I feel like Jerome would have given up over that two year time period, seen a different course or a different path that they thought may have been, I don't know, easier or more realistic or something that they could take action on right away. How did you stay the course, man? Like two years, is, that's a long time to be saving up. Like I'm going to hire this guy. I'm going to hire this guy. I'm going to hire this guy. Like, you, you make a really good point because I'm like, man, I, I don't know how I did it like exactly, but I can give like my mindset. Like when I went through school or like life, right. I picked up, it's like a job doesn't have to be something that you don't like. It doesn't have to be a lot of work. We started to call off and I was like, I enjoy this stuff. Like I enjoy everything that I do. I mm -hmm. generally try to pick something that I like so I can do that. So I was working in the IT space and I enjoyed the job. Right. I enjoyed doing that. So I really like the two years, even though it was painful. And like I said, the child support, the expenses was kicking my behind. It didn't feel like two years because I enjoyed doing what I was doing. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Were you trying to like, were you working on some wholesale, working on some real estate stuff like on your own during that two year time period as you're saving up the cash or you just had it on your like your vision board? I was. So during the two years, uh, just to give a, a little context, I met the guy, the coach, and he would give me like little, once in a while we would have a conversation, right? So that's probably why I went with him too, because he okay. was actually able to give me value once in a while. Maybe I check in like two months or three right. months and he say, hey, go do this one thing. So he was giving me guidance and structure during the entire two years. I just wasn't ready to make that payment yet. So some of the things he would suggest, go out to these certain groups and go volunteer here, uh, print this business card, do things like this. So that's what that was like. Okay. Awesome. And you said something back there that I, I do just want to make a point of, um, you know, Jerome said that he held himself accountable, right? So I want to make a point of this because a lot of the folks out there uh, if you're you know, thinking about hiring a coach or a mentor and you tell some of your friends who aren't entrepreneurial and haven't thought of this type of thing, you're going to be hit with resistance. Um, and there's this crazy idea out there that hiring a coach or a mentor is some sort of a scam or that magically you're going to be somebody who's unmotivated and doesn't put in the work and doesn't have follow through and you're magically going to hire a coach and boom, they're going to sprinkle success dust on you. And in two weeks, you're going to be wealthy. Like neither of those things I think are true in any way, shape or form. Uh, I know that you do some coaching yourself, Jerome. What, what kind of advice would you have for folks out there that are thinking about hiring a coach, hiring a mentor, um, you know, what would be the advice that you would give to somebody? Uh, my advice, the, I guess the macro level thing is, um, be accountable, 
because like anything we do is like kind of our fault. If, if you can have that men, mentality and that mindset, uh, you're bound to have success. You'll pull, you'll extract all of the data, all of the value that you can from a relationship or a situation without blaming. So yeah, there are probably some people that don't, that shouldn't be coaching or something like that, but make, so, so make sure you do your research. Uh, and when you're doing your research, get testimonials, get recommendations, get referrals, like see, find out who has used this person in the past and see what they say. And if everything lines up, it's all good, then go ahead with that person, but be accountable to you. You have to do your part, part absolutely, 100%. You can't blame the coach. You can't blame circumstances. Your life is about you and being accountable. And just that mindset itself will help you get ahead in life. Um, yeah. Like like Adam was saying, there nobody can sprinkle magic success dust on you. You still got to do the work, right? Yeah. And it's not like hard work, but it's the right work. You have to do the work. You have to be accountable. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've paid uh, five at least different coaches that I can think of, just like really quickly off the top of my head over the past few years, and some were great and some were okay. Um, but I agree with you one hundred percent that. Even in the instances where, um, you know, it was the okay coach or the okay mentor, like I still took a lot out of it. And it's about the application of the knowledge. Somebody can't just like give you the information. You have to then take action on it and implement, right? It's the same thing. Somebody's 250 pounds overweight. They hire a personal trainer. Like that doesn't just make you skinny. It doesn't just get you in shape. Um, so I think it's a really important thing and I'm, I'm glad we were able to touch on that. So, okay. So you go ahead, you hire your coach, you're going through your coaching. Um, you start to see some success in wholesaling. Now, can you walk us through those early stages of wholesaling at all and what that was like for you? Uh, what that was like was it was, so this is the thing. And like we said, you can talk about this coaching thing all day. So because sometimes some people come in and they come into a coaching program and they go against the grain and do almost the opposite of what the coach says to do. Right. So <laughs> me being an introvert, right. Number one, being a, uh, also an IT person, I just want to sit behind a desk and like get business that way. Uh, the coach was, he gave me, and I'm not saying that his way was the only way, but I followed his program. I signed up for his. So I'm going to do what he said do. So it was actually very stressful and it was very taxing on me because I'm not used to that kind of, um, that kind of work. So that it's like people centric, very people centric work. Hey, go out, beat the pavement, knock on the doors, talk to people, have those conversations. It was uh, like a, having that. Yeah. It flipped my world upside down. It's like, Oh my God, <laughs> I got to do all of this stuff. But I listened to the coach and I did what he told me to do. Mm -hmm. I did it because I paid for the coaching and I know that he has certain results and I, I did that. Right. So I didn't yep. come in trying to change it. Oh, well, you know, and, and another thing that people always, Oh, they might tell me the wrong thing to do. Or what if they tell me to jump off a bridge? That's unrealistic, right? <laughs> this very unrealistic do exactly what the coach is telling you to do period. Right. Or don't sign up. Right. If they're telling you to jump off a bridge, it might wind up being a fun jump. Right. It's like they don't they have your best interest. Like a lot of I'm telling you, people come through and they make all kinds of excuses on why you shouldn't listen to people objectively. And I, I just find that that mentality is like uh, it's like a loser's mentality. It's a total and loser mentality. It's a I loser mentality. No coach is going to say, hey, um, go jump. Like I said, jump, jump off the bridge. It doesn't work that way. So. It's like saying that like your high school coach, if you played a sport or if you were, you know, a musician the, the director of the band wants the team or the band to fail, 
Like it doesn't make any fucking sense when you think about it. Like it benefits the coach for the student to succeed, right? They have a business that is coaching. So successful stories of students that who have achieved, uh, who have, excuse me, achieved success helps them further grow their business. They are pointing you in the right direction. Um, so I think it's really important uh, to, to highlight. I'm glad that you mentioned that there. Um, so you're still working the IT job as you're kind of getting the ball rolling here with wholesaling, I'm assuming? Yeah, I'm still working the IT job as I'm getting the ball rolling. And I, I got burnt out, Adam. I was like doing all of the stuff because I'm like really an introvert. So I was doing all the stuff, having all the conversations. And then at the end of the night, I would just be like completely depleted. Like my energy was just, just gone. Wiped wiped like completely wiped out so and and I was like why am I so tired I was like young I forget how old I was maybe 26 or something like that and I just like why don't I have any energy and the reason why because I was doing so much interacting and uh at the time I didn't have a car so I was like really dedicated I would ride bikes to certain events it was like uh I would catch the bus and I was like serious so I was getting exhausted I was getting my behind kicked no kidding. And I was like, why am I so tired? And that's where I was telling you a little bit earlier that I, I couldn't do everything that the coach, but because I was limited in my resources, mm-hmm. I was limited in my resources. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what kept you going? Because I, I think that that is, you know, I mean, let's be real, right? A lot of us come from not a lot. A lot yes. of the people that I follow, a lot of the people that I look up to, Um, Some of the most successful people that I know, uh, I would venture to say that 80 to 90% of them uh, were born with nothing. And so we wind up going through these really difficult periods of time as we're trying to change our family tree, which is is what we're doing, right? Um, So how'd you keep yourself going? Because a lot of people, I feel like they, they get in that place you know, they're working this full-time job, they're busting their butt on this businesses they want to create, and they're, you know, riding their bicycle all over creation, you're exhausted by it, like, you can only go on for so long, like, what kept you going? It's probably like a bunch of small things, but I can say one of the major things that kept me going was, uh, I always, even if I might be wrong, because these are just feelings, but I always felt like a leader, Right. Mm-hmm. I was in a I was in an IT job and I, I was like, great. Like I put full effort and passion in just about anything that I do. And I get like great results because of it. And I was doing this at work and me doing that at work made the some of the other staff feel insecure, mm-hmm. including the manager. So I was like, you know what? I'm not going to going to be able to stay here because they're feeling insecure and they're going to try to push me out. So mm-hmm. I need to come up with another plan. I need to find another way to create income or do something else and getting another job just wasn't the option because of what I knew by reading um, and studying entrepreneurship. Okay. Gotcha. Um, that totally makes sense. It felt like you were going to be pushed out. Uh, finding another job wasn't the answer for you because you just simply wanted more. Cool. How long did you do both at the same time, the IT and the whole, like, how long was it that you were, uh, before you were able to like go full force in wholesaling? Ah, man, uh, it's tough because, so the coaching that I paid for, it was a three month. So I had a lot, about 90 days to do that. And after that, it was like, all right, you're on And the coach didn't say that, but I was, I was ready to be on my own. Uh, I think I've 
after that three month coaching, I went for two years of doing like some wholesale, like part time. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, you know what, I'm ready to take the jump. And uh, I saved up enough money. The business was going well enough that I uh, left that job. I put okay. in my two weeks notice professionally. I was like, you know what, I'm getting out of here. I'm going to start a job. And, you know, like I said, I like women. So I had another girlfriend at this time. And uh, because I didn't, you know, like, I'm not trying to make this a sob story, but I didn't have a dad, didn't know what to be doing. So guess what? Pop, she gets pregnant. I'm like, oh man, let me find a way where I can provide enough income for her to um, homeschool our children. Okay. Um, So can you talk to me a little bit about the, because I know you enough to know that you're a pretty strategic guy, I think. Um, so I'm assuming that you were, you were pretty strategic about the way that you decided to, okay, leave the, the, the kind of, uh, the IT job before going full force. You mentioned that you had some money saved. like, was there a certain amount of money? Was there a certain amount of deal volume or revenue that you wanted to generate before you left and went full-time in, um, real estate or what did that look like? Yeah. So the, it was like, it was, so it's like a couple of things. The first thing was like, all right, I forget exactly when. So the coaching was like from, it was like the summer, basically the three months of summer. And then after that, uh, so fall to winter was like basic for another year, all the way up to the summer was like just networking, getting out there, visiting RIA groups and building a network. So that was about a year. And okay. then once I hit like that one year thing, it was like, all right, uh, if I can get one deal per month, consistently right where it's not like up and down up and down one deal per month right a lot of people sometimes people get greedy they try to take over the world and stuff like that i'm very like you said strategic so i wanted one deal a month and i wanted at least ten thousand from that from that deal if i could do that it was like all right this is time i can make the decision and i can do what's necessary to mm-hmm. get where i need to get to and that's what i did that was my plan one deal a month ten thousand and sometimes um I needed to be consistent. I couldn't have a zero. I could have more than one, but I could not have a zero. And when okay. I could do that consistently one a month for a full year, I was like, okay, this is it. This is time. Awesome. Okay, cool. So two, one month, zero, the, the next month, one, like it wasn't an average of one at 10K per month. It was literally one per month minimum. It was one per month. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, and then, so you're now you're full-time, you're wholesaling, uh, you're building your wholesaling business. Um, the digital real estate strategy was next, I believe. Is that correct in, in your journey here? Uh, yeah, kind of. So I'm a licensed agent. That came next because okay. while I was doing like the events, uh, a lot of people would say, hey, could you help me find some deals? And I was like, no, because these are good deals and they go like I don't have anything for you. So uh, I had a, like another I, I guess I could call him a mentor. Sometimes you meet people to mentor you for a little bit. He was like, go get your license. So I went out to get my license and then I started to help people with that. And I was like, you know what? I don't like this part of the business. This is not fun. I, I like to generate my own deals. I don't want to chauffeur people and show them houses and they're getting emotional and it's a bunch of drama around that. And it's such an emotional process. It is. It is. It's crazy. Uh, being a buyer's agent for first time home buyers has got to be up there with like worst jobs ever. Shoveling it's- shit at the zoo and the elephant pit. Like, I don't know which one's worse. It's hard to say. 
Yeah, it's terrible. And so because of that, I was like, and, and the other thing is like, I know my personality, I know my delivery style, and I'm just not ideal for that kind of environment. So I was like, you know what, maybe I'll work with the investors, because maybe they're less emotional. And they were, but it's still like very, uh, too many similarities. And I was like, you know what, I, I can't really do this. Uh, I don't like the how unscalable it is. Like, I got to mm -hmm. be here, I got to be there. And I was like, you know what, let me try to go virtual. And that's when like, I joined the company, like our company is virtual, like EXP Realty, like the licensing, and I start picking up like virtual skills, how to be virtual, how to do this, do that. And that's when I was, um, uh, again, my tech skills let me into, uh, they asked me to teach some classes and stuff like that. And I was like, you know what, sure, I'll teach um, everything. And I was teaching everybody all of this stuff. And like, the agents as well as the investors, right? I got called for like some speeches once in a while. And one thing I noticed, I was like, all you got to do is this, this, and this. And everybody was like, "This, it, wait a minute, that's too much. It's not simple. It's not as simple as you make it seem. And I was like, but I'm showing you everything. And um, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong here, but I'm interested in helping these people. How can I help these people get better results? And uh, that led me to the journey of marketing. It was like basically marketing and you need to create products that make things really, really, really simple for people as simple right. as possible. Totally. And that's what led me to like kind of opening up the agency because marketing, advertising, like the stuff that I preach and I, all you got to do is this, 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 and this, like it sounds easy. And I make it like, that's what we do as experts. We make yep. things seem so simple, right? Because we've been doing it so long and it's really yep. not as simple as we think it is. Yeah. So that's what led me to kind of leading up the, comp the agency, uh, creating the books and all of the products and stuff like that, because it was okay. a bit complicated. Um, so do you, so between the two, uh, is one, and when I'm saying one, I'm talking the wholesaling versus the, um, the training that you do with digital real estate strategy. Would you consider one of those, Jerome, to be like your primary business? I'm using air quotes here. You can't see it, but primary yeah. business. I would consider uh, the digital real estate strategy, the marketing business, business my primary business. And uh, the logic right, and emotion behind that is just because it's more fun. I'm more natural in that space. My skills are more in tune with that space. So that is the primary business right now. Uh, it also leads, you know, my other customer avatar, like other real estate professionals. It also leads into me doing like events. So. Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of where then the third business with the events, that was some, that was kind of born out of digital real estate strategy. Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. Are you still wholesaling? Yes, I have. So not me, myself, I just have, like, I have a business. So it runs like automated kind of, I do still manage the advertising and stuff like that, but it's a business now. Like I can officially say I have a wholesale business and I don't really have to be involved in it. Okay, cool. Um, so I'm going to give you a choice here, Jerome, because we've got uh, a time limit here today. We've got 25 minutes left. So would you care to talk more about how you went from Jerome wholesaling to having a wholesaling business? And we can talk a little bit about that journey. Or would you rather talk about starting digital real estate strategy and the growth of that? So as a marketer, I understand um, the things I do are not about me. So I flip that on to you. How can I best provide value to you and your customer base? And we can go down that path of those two choices. Uh, well, 
As somebody who loves talking about marketing, um, it's funny because Jerome and I, for, for the audience, we're, we're both in real estate and we're both heavy marketers. Um, so we do have quite a bit in common in terms of just our, our kind of day-to-day and, and what it is that we do. Um, but I'd love to dive a little bit more into what is now your primary business. I'm assuming that you're doing pretty well with digital real estate strategy, if that's the core business, um, after you just got done telling us that your wholesaling is an actual business itself now too. Um, so I'd rather talk, I think, about the digital real estate strategy if you're on board with that. I am. Whatever provides value to you and your customer base, I'd be more than happy to. That's my favorite. Uh, I just enjoy it so much, so I don't mind talking about it. Cool. So talk to us about that starting. So it sounds like, is it safe to, to say here, and, and I'm kind of like repeating back a little bit what I heard. So you know, you become a real estate agent, you're, e- you're at EXP, you're doing all of these trainings for other agents um, in the office, you're helping out some investors here and there, hey, this is how I do this, this is how I do this online, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm guessing that just kind of, was that like organically grow itself into real estate, uh, into, digital, uh, into digital real estate strategy? Yeah, I guess maybe kind of. And so again, it was like the issue, people were having issues with like, like there's two avatars, right? You've got investors and then you've got agents and they Mm -hmm. both kind of understand that they need business. They need leads somehow. You need deals closed, but how do you get deals closed? You got to get leads in. you got to do some marketing. And the agents tend to understand that they need lead generation and marketing. The investors, no, they, I don't know, like they kind of pipe dream and they're like very cheap so i was like you know what i can serve these and and when i say investors i don't mean like literal investors let me say business owners right people that are starting trying to start real estate businesses not like actually investors so you deal with actually investors where they give you the money and then they say hey adam give me a return so that's like Mm -hmm. a literal investor now um yes brand new real estate investors are possibly the cheapest (laughs) The yes. cheapest cohort of people that, that they want the cheapest deals. They want they want everything on discount. So I was like, they you want you to I do can't. work for them for free, yeah. all kinds of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So yeah. the the people like like I was saying, I I got invited to a uh, like to do like a national speaking. I was like, this is all I do in my business. I just do all this stuff. And like like I said, like us experts, all of us do all, in all across all industries, right? You know, throughout these terms, and we make all this stuff like what we naturally do, what we live and breathe out every day we we kind of teach people that way and like people are overwhelmed with that so i'm like how can i like i'm showing people everything that they need to do like to get success in business but they're like they have analysis paralysis or they can't move forward why can't they do what i'm showing them what i'm showing them right Mm -hmm. and i'm like all right i need to find a way to uh better deliver my message and like uh, i started to do research and again i can't remember exactly the journey I went down, but it was like, it's marketing and you have to simplify the process, right? You can't show people how you got to show them. You got to take them through a process. You got to show them uh, first. First of all, they got to trust you, right? Which I already had to trust because I was doing like speaking and stuff like that. So I had to trust, but there's a certain journey they have to go down. There's who, what, why, and then how, right? Who you Mm -hmm. are, what you're going to teach or what you're going to demonstrate, right? What they want, and then it's like, why? Why does this matter to your business? And then a how. When I was mm-hmm. teaching, I was uh, I barely even gave them who. I would just pop on and I would do. And that's why I like I was being anal about my bio with you a little bit. <laughs> I would pop on and I would do the how like instantly. 
And then I was like, I'm showing them exactly how to do it, like everything. And it's like, okay, that's cool. But why does it matter? Right. Or, or what are right, you right, doing? Right. It's right. Like, so it's like, uh, I don't know, like, this is not working for you. And I'm like, why is it not working? Why don't you people understand or why are you not getting it? And it was like my yeah. messaging and my coach, I went out again. I was like, how can I fix this? I yeah, need actually, coach. time out. Um, so I just want to highlight that notice Jerome looked in the mirror there. The message isn't getting through. It's not resonating with the people in the audience. It wasn't what's wrong with them. It was what's wrong with my message, which then led him to seeking out a new coach. So sorry, go ahead, Jerome. Yeah, yeah, perfect. And I don't even know, like, I'm naturally in it. I always like, what am I doing wrong? Everything. And it's not like a guilt thing, but I'm like, how, what can I do to fix this? Right? Because if a problem with some, something else or somebody, you can't fix that. But if it's with you, you can fix that. So yeah, I don't even know. I'm just so man. used to that mentality. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I need another coach. So I went out and I hired that coach and it was like, look, you need, you got to start it's your marketing and you got to start providing value to people in ways that are, that's very simple. And you got to baby step them up the, the basically a value ladder. You got to show them what to do, why it matters. You got to show them why, uh, who, who they're listening to, why it's important. And that like, let me down my journey. It was like, Oh, I'm, I'm showing them everything. And going through the coaching, I was like, you know what? I, yeah, I'm showing them everything. I don't want to uh, sell this course. And this is why it's so helpful to have a coach because when you're like in industries, they tell you, well, actually it doesn't work this way anymore. You got to do this. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to I'm going to just build up this course and I'm going to sell the course and I'm going to get rich. And my coach was like, uh, actually, uh, that, that doesn't work that way anymore. You got to uh, <laughs> offer like different services right so okay. and basically it's a like uh there's like three three models there's a do it yourself there's a do it with you which is like coaching and consulting and then there's a do it for you so my coach was like you need to have all three models you got to start building those models so to do it yourself is like courses uh coaching not coaching it's like courses reports it's books it's like content that people put out there like that's to do it yourself and you kind of yeah, serve so people like that you buy the course, the take-home course, and you go through the course at home on your own. That's right. what you're you saying do it there. Yourself. Do it. Yeah. Okay. And there's a so there's a way to extract value from those people. You provide them with a do-it-yourself. Because some people legitimately want to do it themselves. They don't care about who you are, they just want to do it themselves. Then mm -hmm. you got that next level of people that want to do it with you, right? So you can give them coaching, you can give them consulting. It's like, look, I already understand. I know I'm not going to be able to people like me. I'm like, I know I'm not going to be able to do this by myself. I need a coach. Right. I understand the value and the importance of having coaching. So that's the do it with you model, like in between. Mm -hmm. And then there is a you, you provide like kind of, I guess, a good way to think about it is like white glove service. Then that's right. the do it for you service. Mm -hmm. And that's how like going through the coaching, that's how digital real estate strategy was birthed. Because it's like, all right, uh, you got all of these things. You got a course. So build a course. Then it's like you got to do it for you. That needs to be in the middle and you get paid, you know, whatever you get paid. And then there's a do it for you. And that's like our main thing we'll do. Like if you don't want to do marketing, lead generation, or anything around uh, marketing and advertising and tech, we'll do that for you. That's kind of how it's birthed. Is that gotcha. make sense? Is that a clear yeah. path? Okay. Yeah, 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 totally. Now, when you were starting this then, Jerome, did you, which one of those did you start with? I, I can't imagine that you tackled all three of those at the exact same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I started with a... 
so I started with a, cause I got a lot, I have so much information. I was teaching, teaching, teaching for like probably years before I even got into it. And it was like, yeah. all right, you got to start giving people like do it yourself content, but how do you do that? And right. one of the ways you do that, and this is why people join email lists. And this is why social media people are posting, posting, posting it's like, give them content information, give them yeah. valuable information. So my coach said, go out and make a report, right? Make a report on what they need to do and I actually have a, I have a report and it's like what you need to know about advertising lead generation and marketing as a real estate person it was a report and I think it was 20 pages or something like that and I was okay. like okay cool done then it was like oh you can create some more stuff what what are some other things that you teach or demonstrate so go create some more reports so I have like 11 social media mistakes and I got like a bunch of reports so I started to create those reports and that was the uh do it yourself. It's like people want your information, but they don't necessarily believe you or trust you to do it with you yet. So give them the information, do that. And okay. then- uh, Now, sorry, Jerome, a, hmm? were, were those low ticket items? Were those free resources that you were providing to people? Yeah, so when I first started off, it is, and you can kind of group them together. It is it's free resources as well as low ticket items. Mm -hmm. So uh, people- will receive information. Like one of the things that I learned is uh, people are not really paying attention in the digital space. So I can post the same post three or four times and people are going to absorb it differently each uh -huh. time. And certain people are going to see it, you know, how Facebook and all of the algorithms work. So th those are all very, they were low ticket as well as free. Like I post a lot of content on YouTube for free, but some people don't go to YouTube, right? Some of my customers, my, my customer, my client avatar is typically older. They don't go on YouTube. Like my my average audience on YouTube is like 34 years old. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and it makes a ton of sense now hearing you you talk about your kind of primary um, thing that you do that you've built your business there, digital real estate strategy around you mentioned was the do it for you model, and so we're talking marketing here. So Jerome's avatar for that are older people, right? So put those two things together. Typically your older generation is less tech savvy. So who's more likely to pay Jerome's company to execute and put their marketing together for them, a 62 year old person or a 22 year old person? I think it's a pretty easy answer for most people. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. Jerome. No, all good, that's it, yeah, so. Um, so you started out then with the, uh, uh, several of the resources to do it yourself, either free, low ticket. Um, and then I'm assuming next was probably the do it for you. And then last but not least, or excuse me, next was do it with you. And then last but not least was do it for you. Was that kind of the, the progress there? Yes, sir. And the reason why, uh, my answers, are, cause I hate to be like, uh, all over the place and not direct. The reason why my answers are not super direct is because it's always a work in progress. Yep. Almost. It's like, you never stop. So yeah, it was like, all right, once you got like the core stuff around the do it yourself, then it's like time to move on to the do it with you, which is coaching and consulting. It can be a variation. It can be a monthly coaching. It can be like consulting every once, every you know, people just want a one-on-one -on -one call once in a while. It could be either of those things. So then I moved up to there once I had like a decent, uh, they call it offer. Like once I had a different, decent uh, offer that you can't refuse. Once I had a decent offer that you can't refuse, I then moved up to the do it with you. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, what's the team look like now? I'm so, assuming you started out by yourself and, and that's grown over time. How long have yeah, you been, so, sorry, how long have you been doing 
digital real estate strategy? This has been, I think, two years. So kind of right in whenever, uh, I don't like to say the word, but uh, <laughs> whenever we had those shutdowns, is it started in there, right? Because you right know, there. they like okay. to, whenever you say that word, they put banners on your stuff. So right in between, right, right the year of the shutdowns is when I started. And the team looks like it's, um, it's actually, I have a, uh, I have a manager, project manager and stuff like that. So I don't even know the, how many staff we got working on. Like we, we offer like a CRM and a service. I don't even know what number we have. Uh, it's probably over 50 back there, but the, the main people, my core people that I work with, it's about four of us. So we got okay. developers, marketers, people that run ads. We got so much stuff. So. so can you talk a little bit about how you went about building your team? Um, so for a lot of entrepreneurs and Jerome, th- I mean, this will make total sense to you, man. It's like going from that solopreneur to building the team is where there's a lot of, at- there's a lot of, um, uh, attrition during that stage, right. Um, for people to be able to figure that out and then also have the ability to delegate. So can you walk us through, like, what was that like building the team? Were there any major things that you learned along the way or piece of advice that you could give to the audience? Yeah. So there is a, and I don't know, like I hear people say it though, it's, it's, and I, I get the concepts. So I don't need to really know where it came from or what book, but people say they, who, not how there's this mm-hmm. concept and you need to find out who, right. And not really the how. So I know who I am. This is why I'm so big on like, understand who you are, what's your talent, what's your skill, what's your strength, just be that. Right. And I, I like, there's called the, uh, there's a, there's so many assessments that I like, but one of my favorite assessments about like analyzing your personality and more your business style is DISC, right? And this mm-hmm. is like broken up to four. It's, it goes into all these details. People can like check it out online, but I know that I'm a, I'm a D. So I'm a result piece. I'm a result kind of person. And um, you need like all four of those personalities to have like a successful something is what you need that based off that profile, the disc profile. In addition to that, like one, one where we kind of connect Adam is traction, right? So mm-hmm. I would actually like to recommend traction before a disc because it breaks it down into two, two yep. is simpler than four. So I started to understand, right? I, once I started to learn like my personality, I was like, all right, my personality, my behavior is this, and I need to go find this person for that right? Depending on what phase of business it is. So, and it, it does just a little bit. I'm starting to get complicated. It does just a little bit. So maybe for the overall business, I implement, but maybe for um, a, a, a small like meeting, I'll be the visionary. But I started to pay attention to those things and I'm listening. I listen to people, right? Successful people. So Traction was a really good book. They said, do this. And I did that. People will say, I'm not going in and following blindly like a sheep. And those people have no results. I do. I'm going to go in and follow and listen blindly like a sheep. And whatever lumps that I get, whatever didn't work, I'm going to adjust it later. Yep. Not during the process. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Nothing like picking and choosing the advice that you're going to take. Exactly. It's and it's funny because it's the the advice that people never want to take is the hard advice, Mm -hmm. right? We're always happy to take the advice of the shit that we're already doing or that aren't major changes. But the thing that like really pushes you outside of your comfort zone is like, no, 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 that's bullshit. That doesn't that 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 won't work anyway. We come up with all these crazy tricks or, or or mind games to justify not taking action to ourselves. Um. 
So we are getting close here uh, up against it with time. So I'd like to transition here a little bit, Jerome, if you don't mind. Um, we try to wrap up each episode talking a little bit just about what your personal life has been like um, at while you were going through. Uh, I mean, we talked a little bit about the struggles with the IT and, and the wholesaling at the same time, but you know, how has Jerome's personal life been impacted by this entrepreneurial journey? Health, financials, relationships with other people, you know, just tell us a little bit about it. I think most entrepreneurs know that they're in for um, some sacrifice and, and for uh, some challenges, but I don't know that most entrepreneurs really understand what they're really getting into. Yeah, so there there are definitely sacrifices and some of the story I was telling a little bit earlier, like I didn't get to share like all of the struggle. Like I generally try to share everything that I try to go through because I'm just about transparency. Like people will mm -hmm. come in and not share and oh yeah, I just hit success. That's why I was saying, I was like, look, and I got even personal, I was like child support. I start to say those things because uh, that stuff matters. Like nobody will talk about that. Anyway, um, like, like you said, I'm very strategic. So mm -hmm. one of my strategies was like, how could I, uh, it was, I was popping the kids out. I got four kids. Uh, one of my strategies was like, hey, how can I like spend more time with my children? And it was like, uh, you can do that through entrepreneurship by being in control of your time. And one of the things that I always wanted to do, even before 2020, when he shut down everything, was like, I wanted to be able to work from home right? It's like, I'm doing certain stuff. I'm like, I'm doing this. I could do this at home on a computer. Why do I need to go into the office or go to this place? Right. right. That's what kind of kicked off my virtual like wholesale business. Like, why do I need to go there? Do I need to go there? Or does somebody else need to be there? Right. right? So I always wanted to like work virtually and spend more time with my family. Right. So people say, Jerome, you work, 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 work. I do work, 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 but I work from home. Mm -hmm. And the reason why I work from home and I do those things is so I can spend time with my family. Right. Um, we grow up and, you know, maybe I, it's because I didn't have a dad, but um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to build my family and I'm going to invest all the time and resources that I can into my family. Right. I, I don't want to send them out to public school. I want to be able to teach them and train them. Look, this is how you do this, son. This is how you do this, daughter. That's what I like. That's why I built my business around that. And a very yeah. structured, very strategic people. Jerome, oh, I want to get some time with you. Absolutely not. This time is for this. This time is for family. Like I have, I'm very, I'm very structured like that. So yeah. uh, people see me out there, they see me getting in work, but I'm very, very family centric. And I don't play about spending time with my family, especially my kids, because mm -hmm. you don't get that time back. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. And, you know, I get that too. Uh, you know, you work, 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 work. All you do is work, blah, 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 blah. Um, work in a lot of cases gives us meaning and fulfills us, right? I mean, when you look at our, I think it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs, um, contribution is one of them. And for a lot of people, the way that they contribute is through the work that they do, right? So, um, you know, it, I think you and I both can relate to the amount of time and effort that we put into our businesses, but we both um, are really specific and really structured, as you mentioned, with our time. Um, I get people that call me in between six and eight o'clock in the evening, and I don't even have my phone with me. Like I'm with my wife and my daughter. It's dinner time and it's bedtime. I don't take phone calls. Something's on fire. I don't give a shit. Like, do we have, yep. uh, we, we should have fire insurance. Uh, we should be okay. 
right? Like I can't help what am I, you want me to come over with a bucket? <laughs> what is yeah. that going to do? Call the fire and, department, and, right? And most things are not emergencies and they're not necessary, right? Somebody will call, hey, uh, how can I help you? Oh, I just wanted to talk about this. Okay, text me. Right. Same, you know, so what most people think is urgent or an emergency, it's not anyway. Yeah, one of the things that was huge for me when I was, I, I, I still struggle a little bit with time and, and just being, you know, maximizing our productivity when we're, when we're working, right? Because the reality is the more that you have got going on, a lot of times the, the more oversight there is. Um, you know, that I think is until you get to a certain point, right? It sounds like you've got some team members that are really kind of running your businesses for you essentially at this part, but you still have to oversee what's happening. Uh, within those businesses. But so the four quadrants of time, uh, which is, I believe it's Eisenhower's time matrix. Uh, He talks about the fact that when other people come to you with urgent things, that 90% of the time, it's only important to them, and it holds no relevancy to you or your life in any way, shape or form. Uh, And people are just kind of taking advantage of your time. Uh, so it's a really interesting way to look at it. And it helped me really kind of reframe that mentally. Yeah. And, and they, they don't care. And they honestly, some of them don't know. So you, that's why you have to take control and be like, you know what? Shut my phone off from six to eight. And that's that yep. Yep. issues. I'll deal with them tomorrow. Absolutely. Uh, so it sounds like you've got a lot more time with the kids these days. I do. I do. I have a lot more time because like, uh, when I did have the job, uh, you're there for like eight hours. You got to yeah. travel, you got to factor in time, you know, you got to factor all that stuff in and just, uh, I've re- I'm a really big fan of the work from home uh, zeitgeist because it allows you to spend time with your family, spend time with your kids. And it's no better person as can raise your children better than you. Right. Even yeah. if you're like, even if you do it halfway, it's still better than somebody else doing it, you know, like a hundred because they get to spend time with you and get that value. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, love it. Uh, well, we are up against it, Jerome. I, I want to thank you, man, for clearing the time out of your schedule. I know you're a busy guy. You got a lot going on. Do you have any parting words of wisdom uh, to leave with the audience? Uh, I appreciate you, Adam. I'm, I'd be happy to serve you anytime. And my only part, my parting words for anybody listening is uh, that coaching, that coaching situation is very, uh, if you're thinking about like succeeding, uh, get a coach get a coach, uh, do whatever. We talked about the tips to kind of vet that coach, but get a coach and it will level up your business. Every single time I pay for a coach, uh, it, it has helped me level up my business. So uh, yeah, I think coaches are highly important. Uh, dude, they're, they're paramount to reaching levels of success. If you've never reached that level of success before, right? Because the coach has gone through the trials, the tribulations, they've taken the bumps and the bruises. So you don't necessarily need to hire a coach to get the outcome, but in hiring a coach, the coach, the coach will help you avoid things that are going to set you back. And they're going to help you reach that level faster because they've been through all the shit that you haven't even thought of yet. Um, I mean, you look at some of the most successful athletes in the world, they all have coaches. Coaches of the team, position coaches, personal coaches, fucking Tom Brady has a personal coach. Tiger Woods has a, has a coach for his golf swing. Like these people all have coaches. Right. And can you imagine that coach getting out there and and competing with Tiger? Tiger will probably obliterate the coach to be honest, Tom Brady, but you need that coach. So sometimes people get unrealistic. Oh, they need, no, it's not, it doesn't work that way. So 
Yeah. Uh, one yeah, more well, one more thing, uh, like because it, it, it's relevant to coaching, and you you mentioned speed. So money buys speed. Sometimes people want to go to YouTube University and try to figure it all out, and the reason you know, like you know, try and figure out maybe for two years, like I did, and you never get anywhere. So like, just keep that in mind too. Like money buys speed. So yeah. Well, here's the other thing that money buys. Uh, you know, when you get like. So all of these different things, there's so many different options. You know, you can have, you can hire a coach one-on-one, -on -one, you can get into small group coaching, there's masterminds, there's all of these different things. But uh, one of the things that was a huge benefit when I started paying for masterminds and to be in group coaching was the other people that are in the groups with you. You're not only paying for the information and the people that are in the room, you're also paying for the people that are not in the room. If you know so, what I'm saying there, I do know what you're saying and I know we're tight on time, but that's one of my, that's like one of my life hacks, right? Go pay, go pay the coach and the mentorship because you start to pay for these networks and this exclusivity when you pay, go yeah. pay. It's worth it. It pays off. Like I, I done got in rooms that I would never be in by paying, right? Yep. Even if maybe I don't get the coach, oh, it wasn't worth it, but I make these connections, right? Mm -hmm. That pay off. Like, so. Yeah. yeah, man. I, I literally, I, I was at an, an event um, of about a month ago and I paid for a VIP ticket. And the reason that I paid for the VIP ticket was that I had access to all of the speakers that were there that were on stage during the, the breaks and during the meals. So anybody that paid for the cheap ticket, right, they had no access to any of these individuals. And so I was able to meet some nine figure net worth people. I met a guy that sold his business recently for $115 million. Like these are people that I would have never, ever met had I not spent those extra couple bucks to just get into the VIP room. Right. And all you need is one connection. Just That's one. It. one connection can totally change your life. It's pretty crazy. Um, well, Jerome, man, thank you so much for coming on. Where can our audience find you, follow you, learn more about you? Yeah, so the best way to kind of get in touch with me and all of the stuff that I do is just visit JeromeLewis.com. And, it, it, you know, I got products there, services there, and even just to connect personally, JeromeLewis.com. Cool. cool. And we will put that into the show notes. So for any of you that are looking to track down Jerome, uh, we'll go ahead and put that in there to make life easy for you. So uh, Jerome, again, man, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a blast to have you. Um, thank you for joining us again for another episode of the Entrepreneur Boardroom. Help us out, rate the show, rate the show, rate the show. And, uh, you know, one thing that I always like to add here at the end, uh, I'm super passionate about helping entrepreneurs that goes beyond just this podcast. Uh, in one of my businesses, we help busy entrepreneurs invest in real estate without creating a new job for themselves. I have a free resource that I've put together. It's a free ebook. You can download that at investorboardroom.com forward slash freedom. And the ebook is titled The Rapid Millionaire Blueprint. Uh, so if you're an entrepreneur interested in investing in real estate, but don't want to deal with tenants and toilets, check that out. That being said, thanks for everybody. Have a great day.